0: Thanks for listening to the 34 Circe Salon podcast, making matriarchy great again. If you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to rate us and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you use. The search engines find us much more quickly if you leave a review on the podcast, and that way new listeners are much more likely to find us. So thanks again for your support and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Make Matriarchy Great Again, Being a Bad Martha series. Today we are going to talk about menopause, the joys of that special time in a woman's life when her body starts to go completely bonkers. Um, I have some wonderful, fabulous women here with me today to talk about this topic, and um, I am going to let you all introduce yourselves, starting with Erin.
1: Hi, I'm Erin, and um, I have been subverting the patriarchy since I was born. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Next, we have Samantha. Samantha.
2: Hi, I'm Samantha and I've been a female woman since you know for 53 years now. There and you go. I'm just trying just finally, I think getting okay at being a female woman or whatever you know, but that's me. <laughs>
0: Fabulous and Caredwin.
3: Hi, I'm Carrie Dwyn, and I have been uh, a person in a body, having a lot of fun being a female this time around, and I'm also a healer and a certified rolfer, so I've been playing with energies and bodies for 15 years.
0: Nice. Nice. Fabulous. Well, the point of the Being the Bad Martha series is basically to um, air all of women's dirty laundry, in a sense. Um, dirty, as defined by the patriarchy, who doesn't want to really hear about the, <laughs> hello to hear about the icky parts of women's bodies, and so we're going to put that front and center and uh, discuss it in depth in hopes that it makes a lot of people squirm. So, um, so I am going to start uh, just briefly and talk about the fact that discussions about perimenopause and menopause are um, are missing from our society um, I you know I had the misfortune to lose my mother uh, about two years before I kind of started the noticeable symptoms of uh, perimenopause and um, and so I I didn't really have someone to ask. I called my aunt and she has, um, she was a nurse for many, many years. And, um, so I asked her some questions, but we're a new England family. And so, you know, questions about our bodies are, are, um, are best, uh, answered quickly behind closed doors. So, um, (laughs) So I didn't get, you know, even from my aunt, I didn't get a huge amount of information. She answered the questions that I had, but I didn't know to ask the questions that I didn't know to ask yet. Um, so I'm kind of curious to hear from everyone. Um, what did you know about menopause and perimenopause um, before you entered that phase of your life? Caredwin? Oh, gosh. Um,
3: My mother was luckily very, very frank for a woman who uh, was coming of age in the 40s, 50s, 60s. Um, She had us in the late 60s, 70, and she had three kids. But she, with all of us, she was very out front with things. So I think I heard more than most, but mostly from her experience, which was miserable. Oh, dear. all I saw was, uh-oh, <laughs> just uh-oh. It just looked like she was going through the worst time ever. And I was probably already, you know, slightly past college by that point. But um, before that, I had heard zero. I knew about my period. I knew about birth control. Like, she was very open with that. But we never had that sort of topical thing about it. in the house. Why would you talk about it until the girls came of age? So mom just kind of went through whatever she went through and it was just like, oh boy, holy hell, this is going to be awful. Yeah. (laughs) just, and she just went for years, like 10 years. Yeah. And she's always had, uh, you know, hormonal imbalances and everything that had anything to do with her hormones was out of whack. So it was just, Mm -hmm. I just, I didn't think that was going to be my experience though, strangely enough. But again, before she was going through it, there was
0: zero, zero prep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you, Erin?
1: Yeah, I you know I was trying to think if I really I mean obviously I knew a, that menopause was a thing, right? I don't think we ever discussed it in my family, and I I was realizing as we sat down today paramenopause, menopause, postmenopause—like, uh, what is post? I'm, I'm realizing I'm not completely sure even now that I know what all of these terms are. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, I've, I've um, seen. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I've have seen different. I've seen different, um, I've seen different uh, definitions. Yeah, of in different places. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. We never discussed it, and I. I I,
1: you know, and like you don't learn it in sex ed. So when is the time? I'm not really sure when the time is that you would discuss it. I think that's part of the problem—not not just the the ease about talking about it, but um. But just there's not an obvious time about when you would teach, that. Mm. Um, and so I think the first time I really thought about it at any length was um, a friend of mine, a sort of acquaintance of mine went through an early menopause for some reason that I no longer remember. And so she, and I i hadn't seen her in a while. I saw her and she'd put on a bunch of weight and she just looked really a lot older all of a sudden. Mm. And, um, and she said, you know, I've gone through this early menopause and I'm having to take all these hormones and it's really weird. And it's, you know, um, but even then she didn't really talk about what the, experience of the menopause itself was it was more about how weird it was to be 35 or 36 or something like that and know that she wasn't going to have children and 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 various things and just her body changing at a time that was so much earlier than anybody else's and so much earlier than expected um so yeah i don't think i really thought about it it was when i started having um very mild symptoms of it. Um, I suddenly remembered back to a trip I took with my mom when she was like very foul-tempered. Um, and, and I, was, and the whole trip, I just kept thinking, why does she just keep popping off? Like she'll be fine. And then she'll be yelling at the next second. And I don't get it. And so I all of a sudden went, Oh, you know what? That, those few years that she was so foul-tempered and so like easy to rock was, must've been when she was going through it. Wow. And she but, never discussed it, like, you know, retrospectively going, oh, oh, that's what was happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But at the time, she didn't say, like, I just want you to know that I'm going through something. And yeah. Yeah. And, and she's just not the kind of person who would probably have, she doesn't make excuses for herself. So she wouldn't it, have anyway, it. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Samantha, how about you? Well, um,
2: yeah, I think um, I didn't know anything about it at all, you know, and I think um, my mum went through it in, in when she was about 47 because she had um, a miscarriage, and this was some years ago, this was like the early 80s I think um and back then in England you know the answer to lady problems was well let's give you a hysterectomy and then you won't need to do anything with this anymore what do you need that for anyway you know that kind of thing so she had a hysterectomy so she hit um menopause like a brick wall right and I remember her being like the same kind of experience ill-tempered and she would stomp on my feet occasionally if I, you know, whatever. She was really lovely, lovely, lovely woman. But she, you know, I didn't really know what was going on.
4: Mm. And
2: um, and then um, in the early eighties, I think is when they came out with um, HRT, you know, therapy I, or pills yeah. or whatever. I just remember Joan Collins being. Really for it, you know, at the time. (laughs) So, you know, they put my mum on it, you know, kind of thing. And I don't know if that helped or not, but she ended up, you know, this is kind of terrible, but she ended up um, with a primary brain tumor, which she died from. And now they're saying, well, that early stuff, you know, wasn't very good. And quite apparently, you know, it wasn't, it's not sort of unusual for women who had the early HRT stuff to get brain tumours. Oh, Oh, good Lord. I know. So (laughs) there you go. So I'm, that's one reason why I don't, I don't feel like I ever want to do anything (laughs) like that. Yeah. Although it's so different, obviously that you're talking about a long time ago, but yeah. So my, but my, so, but we didn't talk about it. And then my, both my sisters are, one of my sisters is 10 years older than me. And the other one is eight years older than me. So, um, you know I don't really remember us discussing it at all and it's funny it's interesting you should you a point that that I think Erin um, brought up about when do you talk about it because yeah. obviously we're not going to talk about it in school because no one has any real you know focus on that time of their life back then and then unless you have a a, a mother that's very or, or aunts and stuff that are very kind of you know going through it at the same time where you might be exposed to a general conversation about it I don't think what do you do you take a you know once you turn 40 your doctor sends you a pamphlet or something things to notice if you might be what blah blah blah. I didn't really I didn't know when I started going through it what the hell was going on
0: yeah 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 that's definitely what happened with me too like I didn't know that I was having I didn't recognize my symptoms as symptoms Until no,
2: a year, a year, and years later, later, I was like, oh my God, I've got some horrible something. What the heck is wrong with me? You know?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the conversation should start, you know, like when you're 40, right? Because there's the, or there's <laughs> the, there's the, you know, when you turn 39, you should get a letter that says on your 40th birthday, suddenly lots of hairs will start um, sprouting from your chin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In a manner. And... <laughs> you should just like enjoy this last year of relative, you know
0: <laughs> yes. relative
2: carelessness, smoothness.
0: Relative youth, yes, indeed. Right. Um, so uh, Aaron, you mentioned that, you know, there you don't even there are all these terms and people use them differently and right. all that sort of thing. So for the purposes of this podcast, um, this is my understanding. And and let's go ahead and sort of use these definitions um, that menopause is actually a moment in time. Menopause is officially when you have been without a period for a full year. Before that, you are perimenopausal. After that, you are postmenopausal. So the the menopause is actually only a moment. So, perimenopausal is is when it seems to me, or at least in my journey it has been that's when you have the majority of the symptoms um so you're still generally bleeding once a month, twice a month, three times a month <laughs> you know I mean, yeah. for me, my period went bonkers about two years um before it stopped so um you know my it was all over the place it had been very regular for many years but it was all over the place anyway i'm getting ahead of myself we talked about um uh you know when do you talk about this and if it were in the popular culture then I think women would be more apt to know that that they can ask someone about it. They can talk to their doctor about it. They can talk to their mom about it. They can talk to their friends about it. They can know to ask about what they don't know. Um, And so why do we think that isn't the case? Hmm. I wonder. Caridwin?
3: <laughs> I keep raising my hand like it's the cutest little thing. Uh, I love this little icon where I get to raise my hand. Hey. Um uh I once went to a gorgeous sweat lodge in North Georgia and um a lot of the time that culture that they had created around some of the Native American traditions had um had a really great just connection to tr- passages and transitions and mm. uh there was a time we actually had a um a ceremony for the onset of menses for a young girl at 13 years old. And sh- she was the most dignified person. She was not mortified as I would have been when I was 13. Um, right. Was ha- to having a group of men and women talking about that transition. Um, but I think that, that culturally um, in the West and the America, et cetera, with the, you know, white Anglo folk, and especially from where I come from, um, it just feels like the, the place to do it is missing. The place yeah. to talk about things like that is missing. Uh, because we're not in our each other's business uh, in any way, in any way, really, it's like each family is its own little unit. So it kind of has to take place in the family. And then it's up to the onus of like, whatever parent and whatever their style is. And, you know, we very rarely agree on what to teach in school or introduce then. But um, they might have said in sex ed like one sentence in my school, but where where indeed, you know, if there's these missing cultural places to meet and, and, and to be accepted by a group
0: in your tribe, where indeed do we talk about it? What a, what about in the popular culture? I mean, what about our media? What about articles in the newspaper about, you know, what to expect when you're expecting menopause?
3: Well, yeah, I have uh, you know, one of my th- things that I'm interested in is the fact that when we talk about it in our media, we are talking about symptoms and we use that word because we kind of don't have another word for just signs and passages, uh, you know, body changes, things like that. And I have a beef with the word symptoms. Because it it just sounds like there's something wrong, right? Yes, exactly. And there is a lot that's that's annoying, messy, painful, etc. It's true, but it yeah. doesn't. It feels like the origin of it shouldn't be like you need symptoms from this disease where you're like now you're you've stopped being a viable female and and you yeah. you've stopped this period which we all kind of hated anyway. But here you go, it was natural, and you know now you're done, and it just and then you have got symptoms. And it just feels so mean. <laughs> so that's yeah. what I think about the well, media.
1: Pregnancy is pathologized like that too. And Todd, you know, every time we talk about our bodies, it's always in terms of symptoms because I think, I mean, you know, be too tiresome with it, but you know, the men have been controlling the conversation around medic about medical terms. Mm-hmm. since the 1800s, 1800s. I think mm-hmm. if I have my history, right. Um, you know, when they, when it, when, disease and diseases started being managed by doctors as opposed to, uh, the, the mother of the family.
0: Right. Or the, yeah. Or the local wise woman who was good with herbs and things like that. Right.
1: Right. So, um, and, and men don't, you know, when men bleed, it's because something terrible has happened to them. (laughs) Right. So it's not really surprising that, that they see blood as this terrifying thing. You know, if they're bleeding, they might be dying right with yeah. us it's just like oh it's just oh good i'm not pregnant <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. if, let's face it if they had to have a period they would probably think they were dying well, well yeah
1: but no yeah. they get used to it just like we do i mean they're they're you know um. it's just i think it's just what what you're used to <laughs> yeah
0: yeah
1: i mean you know you can easily also say if we didn't bleed monthly if we bled we might think we were dying
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's true it's and
1: some true. people do if they don't know enough about their first period they might think that they're dying and yeah
0: yeah yeah and i think also that uh, you know in in some of our other um podcasts we've talked about um the sort of greek uh, model of society which um Which very much became the European model of society at the time of the Renaissance when they idealized the Greek ideals. And unfortunately, the Greek society was very, very misogynistic and um, firmly embraced this idea that essentially the only good that a woman, the only thing a woman was good for, was to be a womb for your son. Um, So, this idea of a woman's life being divided into three parts. You know that the, the pre fertile time, the fertile time, and the post fertile time mm-hmm. and if a woman was going from fertile to post fertile, then she is essentially losing any use that she had to the society mm-hmm. and um and you know you wouldn't want to point out such a shameful, horrible thing because at that point it's like why are we even bothering to feed her anymore because you know she contributes nothing leave so, her on the mountain exactly put her on an ice flow and push it but out into of the, so that is why you know for for millennia women
2: have been struggling to maintain the sort of appearance of youth mm. because they might get shut in a shed and left to die if they if they don't you know pretend or or you know try and be young essentially or for whatever in whatever way they they can I mean it, it go I mean that that's got to be some kind of pathological in our DNA at this point that of whatever yeah. you, you don't mention your your yeah. menopause because instantly you're being written off and try not to look or or be act older even though you know uh, because you know, you're gonna get
0: You're gonna you know, be useless. You're gonna be yeah. useless
2: and ignored and and and, and become uh, uh dismissed. Yeah. I hate that word when people you know, hate of, being dismissed. And that's of, really so that really does happen to women I think as they get to a certain age.
1: Yeah. yeah for sure it does i i sorry and sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no, um no, I'm, I'm bad at hearing when people are done um <laughs> or also in my family we just when we get excited we interrupt so my apologies um
2: always do that always. so there's
1: there's also a couple other things in here that i think keep us from talking about that so there's there's just the general worldwide disgust at women's bleeding right so there's you know all mm-hmm. sorts of different cultures where people have to women have to go live in a hut when they're bleeding or they're not allowed to bathe or they're not allowed to be in society or whatever, um, Mm -hmm. when they're having their period, which is just bizarre and horrifying. Um, um, and then I'm, I'm slightly more familiar with the sort of the, I think it was a Renaissance idea about just conceiving of the woman as a leaky vessel, right. That, um, that we're not reliable because our bodies aren't, um, sound, That makes sense. You know, we leak tears and we leak blood and we leak milk and like it just—it's so messy. It's just that men don't know what to do with it. (laughs) Um,
3: Pre seminal fluid, anybody? Just just (laughs) skid marks. Skid marks. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Projection for sure. Projection. but uh but I think you know, I think about that a lot in, in terms of, you know, the our our bodies too as we get older, right? So uh, you know, losing, you know, continence, um the all of the things that, that we're afraid of and that women are are predisposed towards because of um childbirth, right?
0: Mm, yeah.
1: Um, are are frightening, I think, for all of us, so um, and and men being able to go well, we're less like that. Thank God. Um,
0: yeah, that they're going to hold on to that. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and and
1: and I just I remember I haven't read very much about this. This is in my ex husband's area of study, but um, but the the whole leaky vessel thing. There was also the, like you're you're not trustworthy yourself because you can't even hold in your fluids
0: interesting no. yeah. and so you also and, can't hold in secrets or yeah, yeah.
1: you can't hold on secrets you can't hold in emotions you can't and you certainly can't um, be sexually chased because you can't control anything so how would you be able to control your um, your desires or your um, behavior
0: wow that's yeah. fascinating yeah Erwin
3: um well i was just thinking back about the the idea of where how are we going to talk about it where are we going to talk about when are we going to talk about it and um i have pretty much feeling that the normalizing of something i'm sure we've all thought of this like gee if we just walk down the street and and we're in a cafe and there are a bunch of people around not lowering our voice when we say "Uh uh-oh i'm having a hot flash (laughs) or just to make it normal like oh and then then i had this menopause thing happen to me in the day and then i moved on with my day and i did this other thing and have it be normal and ordinary just the conversation to flow and haha that was a great pun i I think the,
1: the best thing i ever heard somebody say and may i don't know maybe this is just too much of a euphemism for some people but i loved it um i was talking this is I think I was in my late twenties, probably. And I was talking to an elder theater person and she, uh, so who must've been like, you know, about 50 and she was talking and she just took out a fan and started fanning herself. She said, excuse me, I'm having a personal summer here moment, A personal summer here. And I was <laughs> like, what a beautiful way to think about that. Like I'm just having my own summer.
4: <laughs> nice.
1: For a moment. nice. And I, I just love that. Like it actually made it seem that did normalize it for me even though it wasn't using like a more clinical term or a, you know something like hot flash that we that we think of in a in a more dispassionate way i like i loved that she actually personalized it
0: yeah yeah my mom used to call them power surges and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a friend of mine for a long time kept urging me to call them power surges as opposed to hot flashes but mm-hmm. honestly they did not make me feel powerful <laughs> Right. <laughs> so I, uh, I couldn't get on board with that one. Sam, you wanted to say something? Um, yes.
2: So I have a story and perhaps we all have a story, uh, hopefully funny ones, about, um, about this normalizing thing, which I love that idea. Um, so I was in my story about that is I was in uh, an Apple store with my husband. And this is after I, I was told, Oh, you're going through menopause or whatever it was because 'cause I'm have a problem with the perimenopause and the menopause and the whatever it is, postmenopause. Right, right. So I okay, I mean I'm I'm going through the change, right? <laughs> <So> right. I'm <laughs> sitting we're sitting waiting for our genius appointment for something in and you know how you sit at all those those big we used to pre pandemic when you were allowed to connect mm. to people you didn't know. Um, uh, sit at those big tables and we're waiting. There's always other people sitting there doing something, you know, so I'm sitting there and Javier's sitting there and then there's this woman across from me who's probably a little bit older than me but around my age, um, early 50s maybe, this was a couple of years ago and then there was this guy sitting across from me, he was quite cute but in his like late 20s I think, so it's hard to tell when to get, anyway so um, <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm suddenly having this power surge more, more <laughs> like a power drain, isn't it really? It's yeah, like- Yeah, it really is, it yeah, really is. Power drain. So I'm having this flash, you know, and I'm like looking around for something to fan myself with, you know, and I was like picking up the uh, at the um, the Mac Airs to see if I could use one of those, but I think they would have taken it from me if I started fanning myself with one of those. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I feel hot, you know, when you had it really bad and your face is like on fire. Yeah. Yes. And Javier's already experienced a few of them with me, you know, and uh, so I'm like, oh, and I look at him and he's like, oh, are you okay? And, I'm, and I finally found something to fan myself with. And I, and I just sort of said, oh, I'm just having a really hot flash. And um, the woman across because I don't care. The woman, the way, who the hell I don't care. Especially at that moment, I really don't care. I'm just happy right. to be sitting down, really, and, yeah. and um, anyway, so this woman across from me suddenly sort of looks at me and she said, "Oh my god, you know, I've, I've, you know." And we so we had this very short kind of commemorative like conversation from her part anyway because she'd already been through it she's like oh I remember those old poor thing or whatever and this guy right across from me who was cute was totally mortified and you could tell that he just didn't know what to do with himself he couldn't leave because he was waiting for his little thing you know and he had so he had rooted in the spot and I thought it was hilarious you know and Javier was just like I don't know. He's looking at computers. He doesn't even care. But this was <laughs> having this conversation in the middle of an uh, Apple store, and it felt totally normal to me. I mean, it was yes. really, yeah, it was really lovely. In fact, <laughs> to just stumble upon, upon someone in that in that way who is just, you know, I'm right there with you, kind of a thing. And mm-hmm. but but the guy was like, oh my god, you know, they're talking about lady parts talking about lady things. <laughs> <A. laughs> And what's probably oh, so looking up menopause, you know, and, yeah, yes. and as I'm sitting there, uh, you know, will they kill me? Does it hurt? <laughs> is, it, um, is, it it know, is it contagious? And the red yeah.
3: spots and yeah,
0: what one. is menopause, you know? <laughs> Siri, yeah, Siri. it's Siri <laughs> it. <laughs> Yeah, because it's a moment of connection, you know, and, oh, and I thought it was so meaningful. Yeah. It really so, made me feel so much
2: better. Mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. when we're at home when that happens or in the car or at work or whatever we're not sort of out in the world at least i'm not wasn't yeah. and it was you know at its peak at the time mm-hmm. and and i just was feeling dreadful and i also had all that that thing where i'd had the fall and i'd hurt my back and i was just out oh yeah generally when i was going through it so Um, yeah, it was just really lovely. And I was so thankful that she reached, she didn't have to say anything. I wasn't saying it to her. Mm -hmm. She just was like, I totally, oh my God, you know, poor you. I totally know how you feel. You're going to be okay. Something like that made such a big difference to me.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. You know, let's talk about it in public. Let's talk. Have you ever... I've, I've, you know, recent, just recently I heard one instance on Fleabag where they talked about menopause. Love
2: it. Lovely. Yeah.
0: But I cannot think of any other example of ever seeing anything having to do with menopause in any movie. or.
3: What was that show? Um, Oh, not Rosie O'Donnell, the other one. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Earlier uh, than that. Roseanne. There you go. Rosie Rizzo. really Rosie, maybe. i think had mentioned it in an episode a while ago yeah she was pretty groundbreaking at the moment i didn't mm-hmm. watch that show but i remember there's being some press about it like oh my god she mentioned the m-word <laughs> oh. I like i've seen some
2: stand-up maybe about maybe in, there's an the english comic um called joe brand i don't know if any of you have heard, of heard, her heard him yeah hilarious So, I feel like she's probably done stand up about it because that's the kind of thing that she would do. Okay. Yeah. So, I might, there might be, um, you know, fun to to find some, and some other female comedians, I think.
1: So, I'm, of course, um, Googling while we're talking. Um, Okay. So, apparently, sometimes that our favorite screen characters have gone through the change on TV and the movies. uh, Shirley Valentine
2: oh yes the whole thing was yeah. about that, really wasn't it
1: yeah uh the 70s show calendar girls yeah ab fab yeah. oh uh, Abfab.
0: okay yeah. good for them good sex for them in the two what is that
1: sex in the city two apparently oh, oh yeah.
2: yeah She was uh yes yeah, samantha was okay. going through the change uh yes uh Maud golden girls
0: Okay, well that makes
1: sense. Well, know, no well, so carol. you're old now. Yeah. Um, and uh all in the family, House
2: of Cards, Broad City. Lots of English stuff. Yeah. Most of that was is English. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's because of the Queen, probably. <laughs> all right,
0: there you go. Because you when know, I queen.
1: the Queen, that's what I think. I think about menopause.
0: <laughs> exactly can you imagine the queen having a hot flash and pulling out a fan and waving it in public she would have someone
2: with her with a fan mm-hmm. and hit
0: it in a hat or something the hat actually just blows sideways <laughs> at the queen
3: Maybe. there you go there you go the she hammer. pushes the
0: button and it has its own air conditioning unit in it mm-hmm. that would be
2: fantastic
0: well, you're queen, you may as well have things useful things
3: absolutely <laughs> I go into I go into like the coffee shop and everybody knows me in my neighborhood which is really great and so I'll just come in and they say what do you want today and I'll come in and then I'll set my stuff down in front of the countertop and five people will be behind me men standing on one foot and the other waiting for me to be done and I'll just be like hang on a second and I unwrap my scarf and I undo my coat and, and I think I rip my sweater off and it's just like I can't and I was like, yep, just having a just having a half flash. I'll be yeah. with you in a second. And I have to <laughs> exactly. in there and pay like that. And then I have to get back dressed or at least get my stuff collected. And you can tell that these people are just kind of like, I've never seen
0: this before. Yeah. Yeah. She's
2: a mad woman. Lock her
0: away. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I um I talked a little bit on the period episode about um, Michelle Damaso's phrase, gushing blood from my puss, about <laughs> how, um, you know, when I I try to normalize women's stuff by yeah. talking about it in public. And, you know, when I was in the first or second day of my period and some walked into a, a group of, you know, men and women and someone asks me, hey, how you doing? I would answer, you know gushing blood from my puss. Thanks. Um, cause you know, <laughs> cause yeah, cause I'm on my period and you know, why wouldn't, uh, why wouldn't I want to make that public? So, you know, same thing with hot flashes when I, when I would have a hot flash in a public mm-hmm. place, I, I would do the same thing. You know, I, I carry around with me a fan, um, you <laughs> know, a folding fan and I would just pull it out and start fanning myself and be like, yep. Having a hot flash. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anybody so, want to know? Anybody want to talk talk to me about menopause? I'd be happy. I'd be happy to talk to you about, you know. Cuz it's what's so, happening.
3: It is what's happening to your body at that very moment exactly. and exactly. it is loud and it takes your attention and to just sit and not deal with it is a lot like that, you know, not farting in front of your
0: boyfriend. It's yeah. just like
3: I can't hold all of my body sensations in and make them appropriate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is, it is completely engrossing at that moment. And to pretend it's not happening. And, and I, and speak, I don't know if anyone,
2: uh, if I've had kids, does anyone else have kids? Yeah, I right. do. So um, my daughter's pregnant at the moment, Little my little, yeah. I know. Congratulations. I know. Thank you. Crazy, crazy time to do it, but whatever. It wasn't planned. Anyway. So, um, and I've been talking to her about how incredible my, I had two really great pregnancies and two great births, life birth, anyway. And um, so we've been talking a lot about how our bodies do these incredible things. And, you know, you go from, we were talking about the stages, so you go in your, when you're in the fertile stage and you get pregnant and you're full of life and this, this incredible thing that happens to your body, your body totally takes over. Yeah. And it's the same thing when you're having the baby, you know, there's only so much you can do, you know, to help that process along actually the birth thing. Well, there's a lot you can do actually, but you know, <laughs> it, like contractions have nothing to do with like, I always thought, well, when you have a contraction, you're, it, it's squeezing the body, the baby out of your vagina and it's absolutely not. do anything like that just hurts, you know, so you have yeah. to do all that kind of work. But, you know, I, so I've been talking to her a lot about it and I feel like um, when I first, Found out that I I was actually in perimenopause. My doctor called said said at the time, and oh. you're, yeah, like you said, so you're perimenopause when you're premenopause basically until you've not had your period year or whatever, and then you've then you've gone through menopause and now you're out the other side and you're postmenopauses, which is where I right. am. Right. Um. And I have felt like um. It's it, it it's I felt once I knew what it was. I didn't feel, I felt like it, I felt so empowered by it. For a start, you don't have to have periods anymore, which is so great. And um, although I still have a box of tampons under my sink, though like, I don't yeah. know why, it's like a museum piece or something.
0: Um, <laughs> so well, someone <laughs> might come visit. Exactly. You know, exactly. Well they might have like, female visitors, many, yeah. I've so
2: many times have I not had a tampon with me and, and you're at someone's house and they don't have any either. So that's exactly why I've kept them actually, just in case. Yeah. But you know, going through it and then coming out the other side. It's just this incredible thing that our bodies do um at a certain time in our life, um, to move us from one stage to another. So we're like we're we're becoming a different uh physical manifestation of ourselves or whatever so it's we're shedding that skin Mm -hmm. and we're moving on to something that's I think I feel so much stronger as a woman especially because it happens around the time where you're no longer you can no longer sort of be you're not I'm not old. you're not old but you're not a young woman anymore Mm -hmm. so you're becoming a different version of yourself anyway you've got starting to get gray hairs yes you've got to figure out what the hell you're going to do with that stuff that's growing under your chin and all these amazing things that are happening to you but it's such an it's just it's a release from from that time in your life you know when you had when you sort of had to sort of be a certain version of you. So I, I'm, I'm not explaining it very well I don't think but no I no I actually so powerful and uh, now I'm out the other side
0: yeah. I
2: feel so great and my two best friends are going kind of going through it they're still getting the odd period and oh what the hell is that kind of thing and, all right. these and, and I'm like oh darlings you know when you and it's over you're going to be so happy <laughs> because I felt yeah. such a release and I don't get any of the flashes or anything like that I had a pretty good go of it I think because some women have it for much longer than I did but I yeah. feel so amazing now I feel like I'm in my warrior stage
4: Ooh, nice.
2: you know nice. because before when you're able to have babies and you know that kind of stuff you're a little bit more protect I felt very different about my body yeah Protective so- of my body and I had a couple of late miscarriages in my 40s as well so I was still kind of Thinking I was fertile, and clearly I was whatever. And um, and so now I feel like this I don't have to, I don't have anything to prove. I don't have, you know, if I'm a little chunky, so the fuck what, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm like, I feel so much more kind, more full, more confident, and more um, in tune with myself and um, happier. And I don't, not that I was miserable. In, you know, a wallflower before I wasn't, but I just felt like I'm a different me. And I feel yeah. like I'm closer to the me that I've been trying to be yes. all my life. I feel like I found myself. And it's really, because
0: yeah. I didn't a, expect that. Yeah. There's a wonderful quote. I'm going to use this as a sort of transition here to talk about um, transitions. <laughs> yeah. To, well, to talk about our our personal experiences with um you know with our perimenopause our menopause journey um it's a it's a from a column in the new york times by caitlin moran it's rather long so uh forgive me i'm gonna i'm gonna uh read this this thing and um When you're dealing with menopause or perimenopause, it's useful, I think, if you've done some drugs in your life. I know this runs counter to what is still societally our conception of the menopause, something that happened in 1962 to Anna Sharples, which she referenced only by mouthing troubles down below to Minnie Caldwell. But as the acid house generation now begins its own voyage into ovarian cessation, I feel we are better equipped to deal with it simply because of all the drugs we took. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. It's been a while. The last time I got spliffed up on some hash or wheat or or dropped a wobbly egg, it was, I don't know what that means. It was 1997 and still acceptable to wear bootcut jeans. But I can still remember what a come down was like the day after doing ecstasy, when you can feel the drugs leaving your body hour by hour and the list of things that you felt inclined to do last night, dance, talk, laugh, jump off a wall because it was funny, kiss and hug people, shout, I love you at strangers, because in that moment you really do gradually get smaller and smaller until you want to do none of those things anymore. Now all you want to do is curl up in a ball and concentrate on feeling terrible. You enter a phase of regret. Your synapses having been bathed previously in lovely, warm, syrupy rushes of serotonin have now run out of serotonin, and all that's left is cortisol and adrenaline. You might feel a bit angry. You definitely feel woeful. Why is everything so awful now? have you wasted your entire weekend? Christ, everything feels so effortful. Why must there be a bad bit? Why does the world look so bleak? Everyone loved you when you were happy dancing lady, but no one wants to go near the sad crying woman. Now she keeps talking about how doomed the planet is. She's no fun anymore. Um, and it goes on. So she essentially equates, um, uh, the the estrogen that you have when you're in your childbearing years as a drug trip. And your ovaries are pumping out feel-good hormones, um, you know, and you love everyone and, and you have optimism and, and all that sort of thing. And then she says, however, as your perimenopause gathers pace, you experience what I can only describe as increasing sobriety. The hormones disappear disappear, and you don't feel drunk anymore. A fertile woman is like a Friday night, 8 p.m. A peri or menopausal woman's life feels like Sunday morning, 11 a.m. <laughs> Suddenly the poor behavior of other adults comes sharply into focus as you deal with your hormonal hangover. You don't have any lady forgiveness left in the tank. You don't continue to presume that things will get better in time because now in your 40s and 50s, you can see that they haven't. You're cha- you've changed massively, your body's turning into an entirely new thing, but the things that felt unjust when you were 17 are still here at 45, and you start to realize the monolithic things you're up against. The pay gap, the, the career slip involved in having children, the second shift, emotional labor, the gender imbalance in politics and business. Like someone in the midst of a regretful and anxious hangover, you start to ask yourself... Have I made a fool of myself? Have I wasted time? While I was drunk, did I, did I make a mistake? Would I have led the life I'd, I did if I'd been clean? You start to f- feel fearful that you've made unwise decisions and scared people get angry. Menopausal women, now suddenly sober, get angry. Of course, this is the cliche of the suddenly furious menopausal battle axe. That somehow the menopause has made her angry. No, it's that the menopause has stopped her being so blithe and forgiving. It's uncovered her actual personality and thoughts underneath all the hormones. <laughs> this is a very important distinction. So, so right. um, you know, it's a beautiful article, and and it goes on, but uh, this this idea of the menopause um, being you're coming down from a really, really nice drug trip that you've been in for your childbearing years. Mm-hmm. And now you're achy. You're a little regretful. You're you feel like the wool has been removed from your eyes and um, you're a little pissed that the world has taken advantage of your drug trip in many ways, you know, mm-hmm. taken advantage of your forgiveness and your, and your loveliness while you were bathed in estrogen. And um, yeah. And I, I, for me, that article really hit the nose nail of the head there. You know, it's like I'm becoming the same me I was when I was seven years old and I thought I was a superhero. Yeah. Yeah. So is yeah, that but now you have much <laughs> of your life left
1: to achieve that. Yeah. That's the the downer part of that. Like Yeah. I read something years ago and this is this is mostly mostly men rather than women, but I think they also have they also have hormonal changes at this age and and they also have this like reckoning with I've only got so many years left, right? Right. That, um embezzlers are almost always in their 40s or 50s. Because that's the point at which you get to an age and you go, oh, shit, I'm not as rich as I thought I was going to be, or I'm not as um, s- financially stable as I thought I was going to be, and I don't have any more time to, like, start setting up for a retirement. And, you know, and and that panic sets in. Interesting. Um, and, and I think, so, yes, added to this estrogen going away. Um, and I, I I think that drug analogy is just so absolutely right. And, cause, uh, and I was pregnant with twins, so I had extra... Mm-hmm. Uh Your wow. pregnancy hormones. So I was, and I was just high as a kite for that whole thing, you know? Um, I would just like, I loved everything. Pregnancy was awesome. Um, I was constantly horny, you know, like it was just, it was such a drug to be pregnant. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Um,
1: and that's, you know, one of the things that people don't often talk about with, with pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I definitely feel that that coming off of that drug is um yeah that that hits home for me there's there's also uh, though i don't know if you saw the mcsweenies it's sort of the opposite of that one. Oh um, no i didn't it's called who said it middle-aged woman or teenage boy <laughs> <laughs> and i am a you know a middle-aged woman living with a teenage well non-binary but um you know
4: yeah a, teenage
1: kid a, a signed boy um here, here are the, here are the Here's the checklist. If I'm an asshole, it's only because I'm under siege from my hormones. Yes, I'm eating again. Stop judging me. I'm growing. <laughs> my jacket only smells like this because I was in a smoky room. Never look at my texts. Never look at my browsing history. Never look at my drawers. That pot you find isn't mine. I'm holding it for a friend who has glaucoma. <laughs> look, three new chin hairs since yesterday. <laughs> I do a job, but nobody is hiring right now. So, oh my god. Stop asking me how I'm gonna pay for college because I don't fucking know. <laughs> I said I'll come home when I'm damn good and ready. Oh, nice. Why are you worried I'm gonna embarrass you in front of your friends? Your friends suck. <laughs> if you just have to know where I am, look on Snapchat. There you go. Why won't my face stop breaking out? Knock before you enter my room! <laughs> Do you want to watch The Office with me? All I want is some chicken wings and for you to leave me the hell alone. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> You'll never understand what I'm going through. And last but not least, the empty vodka bottle you found in the closet isn't mine. I'm just holding it for a friend who has glaucoma.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's brilliant. <laughs> really, really Excellent.
1: That's lovely. So maybe that's the paramount point, or, or maybe that's the—I don't know. Like, it, because I, I, I mean, I think this is like the portal talking about how we experienced our or are experiencing our postmenopausal time. Because again, like I—I am I, always hearing you hear about the hot flashes. You hear I had I had hot flashes, but I was—they were more like I think i this might be a hot flash, maybe I'm not sure, and then it was gone.
0: Wow. Um, and yeah, tell us. Uh, tell us tell about, about that. Tell us about your experiences. Let's talk about right. our personal menopausal journeys because one of the things that we don't talk about enough is that everybody experiences something different. I mean, there are mm-hmm. of course common factors that everyone, you know, that most women go through, that most bleeders go through, but um, but everyone has has their own journey.
1: Right. And I mean, I think mine is, I don't want to say mine is special. It's not, but um, (laughs) mine is hard to um, disassociate from what was happening because I was also going through the, the just explosion of my marriage at the time. So, um, so it's hard to say whether I had mood swings over menopause because I was too busy just going, what the fuck? Like every day with, with, um, my ex who shall remain unnamed. Um, and okay. it, I'm not using my last name here be, because, uh, you know, he just did every cliche you could possibly do um, as a middle-aged man. And I just kept looking at him and going, I know you're doing the shit. And then he'd lie about it. And I was just like, I just, I don't want to have to be a detective. Like I have my own things. I need, can you just own up to, I know you're, you know, like I know you're cheating. I know you're, I know you're doing shit. Um, yeah. because you're not behaving right. And you're not behaving right in a way that people only do when they're doing something super wrong. Right. And also you're clearly going through a depression, which you are refusing to talk about. So, um, so I went from trying to take, trying to get him to just speak the truth about himself. Um, because I can't live in a situation where I'm not, I, I can't stand not, I can't stand the unspoken things. I just, I, I've never been able to, mm-hmm. them. um, just say whatever it is, whatever it is, we'll deal with it or we won't deal with it or we'll, we'll deal with it. However, we're going to deal with it, but at least we can deal with it once we know what it is. Right. Right. Yeah. Or worse. Like I know what it is and you're just lying. You're just gaslighting. Like I can't just, please, it's worth nobody's time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I went from just trying to get to the truth to finally saying, okay, this guy is never going to come clean. I just need to, gather my evidence that I don't want to have to do that, but I'm going to have to do that. And then I'm going to have to act on that. Um, and so it ended with me having to do this big confrontation, um, with the therapist and say, here's the stuff, here are the photos, here are the blah, blah, blah. Like it was just Uh like ghastly end to a marriage. Um, and, and, um, and then my, um, GP, bless him, said, Oh God. Okay. And I I went to him and I said, look, I'm having these weird symptoms and I don't know if it's menopause or if it's um, depression or if it's just like, stress, this is what's going on in my life. And he went and he just sat down, you know, you know how doctors have their 15 minutes with you. Right. And he just like, he just sat down and he was like, okay, we're going to be here for a while. Oh, nice. And um, he said, okay, this is, and he's like, Whatever else is going on with you, this is what to expect in the process of dealing with a divorce. Like, this is what to expect physically and emotionally when dealing
3: oh, with it. Oh, wow. So you could separate what what you were feeling into-
1: well, so, Right. So I don't know. So yeah. And I also, like, not that long before that had switched over from birth control pills to, um, to an IUD. So I was also not having my period probably because of the IUD. Oh. So it's hard for me to know when I actually s- naturally stopped having the period. Yeah. Um, so, um, s- but having a medical person talk to me about the medical side of the physical and emotional ramifications of going through a, a, a divorce, that kind of right. life change. Um was really, really helpful in me, um, being ready to manage whatever feelings I had about the menopausal part of it. Even though we didn't really discuss that. I don't think we discussed that specifically in that, in that moment. Um, because he just sat me down and said, okay, so you're going to feel like shit for two years about this divorce even if it's completely the right thing, it's just, you're like, it's going to take a couple of years before you write yourself as a human, you know, and start mm-hmm. to think about yourself again, instead of like what the fuck went wrong or could I have fixed it or should I have fixed it or right, whatever. Right. Um, and so by the time, and then I also moved across the country. Um, it was, right, a, yeah. it was a horrific, um, it was a horrific really contentious divorce in which I um, won the right to move with our kids to another part of the country from where he is, which is really, really unusual. You don't usually get to do that. Um, and, and so, so there was just this intense level of stress and a lot of, um, vituperation from him because naturally he was really upset to be separated from his kids. Right. Like I, I don't, don't judge him for being really angry about that. Um, but, uh, Um, what, but, but when going through a divorce, I think, you know, part of my thought was how long am I going to remain single? Do I want to remain single for a long time? Do I want to just kind of not deal with dating for a long time? I'm now kind of living as a single mother, even though technically they do have another parent. Um, when would I date? How would I do that? So, and then, and then that going into, oh, and then I'm not sure that I'm fertile, but I don't want to find out the wrong way that I, you know, and and like right near the end of the marriage, I wasn't having a period Mm -hmm. and I had a moment when I thought I was pregnant and I thought, yeah, this, I can't because this marriage is over. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I, and I, I mean, not only do I not want to have another child because I've kind of, you know, my career has just gone to shit as a result of combination of having children and having to move with this, this partner. Mm -hmm. Um, I I can't start that again and I don't want to start that again and blah, blah, blah. Um, so, so becoming non-fertile actually was something that I was looking forward to.
4: Mm. Yeah. Um,
1: In a way that I think not everybody is right. But at the same time being very concerned, am I going to like, how much am I going to age? How fast? And will I, will I be attractive to anyone? Yeah. If I decide to start a new relationship,
2: do you feel yeah. like you have age? Does anyone feel like when they look in the mirror they suddenly look like their grandmother or something? Because I haven't oh, yeah. experienced that. I mean, I obviously um, I'm older, you know, well, but I yeah. Don't feel yeah, I don't feel like I, I'm I'm sort of you know. I definitely remote,
0: feel, you know think into- my face looks different. Now that I'm postmenopausal, like I, I don't as much recognize the woman in the mirror mm. as I did before when I was still in perimenopause and I was still having a regular period. Mm. It, it really feels, you know, and part of that is the weight gain, of yeah. course. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I feel like there's a completely different face looking at me in the mirror than there was five years ago.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah that is real or not not that what we see because how we see ourselves I see myself in the mirror and I see myself and then I look at myself in photographs and I'm like who's that fat old woman in the picture? yeah <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> the, yeah I, I mean it's probably my brain is compensating for what's actually happening
0: in some in some way you know I don't know yeah yeah so Aaron, finish up and then, uh, and yeah. then, yeah, we'll move so yeah, I don't, I don't really
1: have a, I don't really have an end to that. Um, mostly just that I had a very, um, very mild, mild menopause and, um, and didn't like, I don't feel like I had big giant mood swings, uh, other than, you know, just having a, a depression over a divorce and the stress of moving. But I do feel like, like the, the combination of the stress and the going and the losing the, the hormones, um, has aged me um and and i and i don't i'm i i want to be like if if i can kind of get some career stuff going back which which i'm finally i was finally doing before the pandemic shut us down thank you very much <laughs> All um, right now, I'm, now i've got some other things going so i you know as long as i can work i feel um useful and and i'm and i'm cool but um but but i definitely don't i don't feel like i have that moxie back from when I was seven that I really want to have and that I, that I, that I managed to carry a long time past what many people do. Like I probably carried that into, into right after or within a, you know, a couple of years of having my kids and lost it more, um, over the, over the just marriage falling apart in such a stupid way. Um, mm. and so I'm still really working on, on that. So I don't feel like I have the power back that I want to have as a menopausal woman, as a post menopausal, whatever woman, mm. um, of, of just going, I don't give any fucks. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm, because I'm having I'm still having to ask people to open doors for me to let me work. Like, that's the main thing that's, that's mm. me from actually ex- Feeling the power that I think I should feel right now, um, yeah. and that I want to feel when I don't have to care about whether I'm going to get pregnant, and I don't have to care about whether people find me attractive or blah 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 blah. Right. Um, but in terms of symptoms, I've barely, you know, I've like barely had them, and um, it's been really a kind of a non-event symptom-wise. And um, you know, I, I was actually reading over the symptoms before before we got on the call, and they're all, you know, like, uh, you know, lack of libido and i'm just like yeah no i'm more the you know middle-aged woman with teenage boy thing you know right, Maybe right. i have two teenagers in the house with me and their hormones are like washing over i don't know but <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like getting face. a contact yeah, it's like a it's blowback,
1: blowback. It's like the birds are on the way at the same length, like a lot and like we're ju- you know we're like making poop jokes and <laughs> like we're watches- I-, I try to avoid watching things that had overt sexual stuff in it because I just always feel like that's embarrassing to watch with your mom, but sometimes, yeah. you know, we'll watch something off. i forget. I'm like, Oh, I forgot. This has the sex scene it. sorry guys, you know, and then we'll all just make jokes about it. So, um, so I feel like, okay, my kids have caught up to my, um, stunted mindset and we're all fine.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. Cara, uh, do you want to talk about what you're going through right now? Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm I'm pretty lucky. I'm
3: considering myself very lucky, mostly because I got I already got my food figured out and what I want to eat and don't want to eat for my best health. Now that is shifting a little bit,
0: but I'm mm-hmm. just in the
3: habit of paying attention to what uh, aggravates what symptoms. I'm paying very close attention because um, I let's see I haven't had a period in almost two years, and I'm oh wow I, I only just got hot flashes like this summer. After the year was up. Um, It wasn't, I I was fussy before that though. My physical body was just kind of like, don't touch me. eh." And it could have been the dearth of viable men in my area, but I had just, (laughs) I had just moved across the country from a steady, great relationship where I felt taken care of. I was very safe. We had sex all the damn time. And then I left Los Angeles and moved across the country and it was just like, Oh, and now I don't need my period. It was just kind of like, just like that. It was just gone. And I thought, well, huh. maybe it's, maybe there was something about uh, the way you tail off from, uh, from menstruation where maybe my cervix is not smelling the, the, the sperm, the penis, you know, because yeah. I'm heterosexual. Mm-hmm. But it was just kind of like the sense of I, the tapering off did not happen at all. Um, I may have skipped a period and then had two more and then it was over and I haven't had one since.
0: Wow. Wow. That's very quick,
3: but yeah. And then, then I got the hot flashes and now I I feel it as a sense of, I know we were talking on the phone about this before, but the sense of, I just ate sugar and now my body is going to heat up for a few minutes. Thank Mm. you. And then like just miserable sweat. And then, Mm. I'm done with that one until I get a stressful thought and then boom, four more minutes of misery. And then when that's finally over, if I get a phone call that I'm not exactly happy about, boom, another hot flash. It just happens when like my metabolism goes from zero to anything.
2: Hmm. Stress stress definitely increased my hot flashes. Definitely. Like anytime, any, I mean, and I was, you know, living, yeah. So it, it definitely, stress made things.
3: Yeah. Any time my mind tipped over into some kind of an, a stressful thought, it'll happen. It's mm-hmm. almost happening now. And then the <laughs> sugar'll do it. Anything that okay, might okay. And I think that's why the caffeine does it. You know, when when people notoriously they'll have a cup of coffee and then zoom. I think it's because the metabolism just doesn't know how to steady itself and it goes from zero to a hundred.
2: That was probably the worst thing that anybody ever told me while I was going in, in menopause or, or thinking, thinking I was in menopause. It was like, or, or I remember reading it that, that, oh, caffeine really triggers it. You. you can't have caffeine. You're going to have to go caffeine. I'm like, what the fuck?
3: No, yeah. back off. Could be, yeah, happen. could
2: you be? Let's uh, watch runs through my veins. Basically, right. how dare <laughs> you tell me that I can't have coffee? Fuck you! And I just drank coffee the whole time.
3: Yeah, my there I'm drinking go. coffee now too. Just like I, that's my I, re, I just know that I will have the hot flash, so I sit down on my coffee. I take my socks off. I <laughs> remove my shirt. I have my <laughs> coffee. I it's wait it out. Coffee, it's naked
2: coffee drinking. That. <laughs> food, that's what <laughs> that I, I, I,
1: I see as <laughs> a, a, a money making venture here, naked. Topless Absolutely,
0: coffee houses. naked coffee houses for yes. perimenopausal women. I love it. My <laughs> podcast. I, love podcasts. I can, can be in allowed that.
2: in when they. You know how everybody's taking your temperature all the time right now. You have you, to right. above a certain temperature to be allowed in through the door. So you have to be really like in in flush or thereabouts before you're allowed in. <laughs> yeah, to do the coffee house
0: and to oh that's brilliant <laughs> oh my goodness sorry we derailed you Karen with anything else
3: I, I, I that's pretty much my whole experience with it I mean was wow. just my mother having 10 years of her hot flashes were miserable and constant and um I didn't expect that much and I didn't get that much um but I've been in, you know, poverty stress for about three years. And mm-hmm. so, like Yaren, I, I sometimes I just couldn't tell the difference between the PTSD from 2011, which I went through um, for many, many years of not knowing whether it was stress or not.
4: Mm-hmm. And
3: I got to the point where I was just getting my stress, you know, zone back into a place where I could have, you know, a regular day or expect things of myself versus know that I can't handle it or I can only handle one thing today because my stress level was so high all the time for years. Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought I'd quit my period because of stress because it was early. I was like, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't that, I didn't think I was old enough, but I was. Uh, but anyway, it was, it ended up being like, well, now that I have an even keel, great. Now that I'm starting to get my business together in my new city, awesome. It's kind of same experience. or It was just like, mm-hmm. great. I've got five clients. and whoop, COVID oh Uh, shit now I'm just sitting in my house all summer just sweating and trying to feel like that 50 year old like power where I know it's coming I know it's here I've always had it but I want it uncovered by this drug that I never really enjoyed the drug of like uh, how sweet you are in your sort of fertile years I didn't really want kids I didn't have that kind of euphoria I was always really conflicted with uh as a female feeling like i had no power as a fertile Mm -hmm. woman
4: Mm -hmm.
3: so i was always looking forward to and looking back to the the, these times where you feel like oh good i don't have to deal with that i think that's a really good
2: feeling to have as well that you can take from this is that i certainly feel like you know all kidding aside i kind of I feel, like I said, like a warrior, but I almost, o- o- also almost feel like sort of um, like a sage or a, something like that. You know, how you get to a point where you're like, oh, ask me anything. I will tell you how it really is, you know. Yes. Not that <laughs> I will give off. you.
4: Nobody give ever door door.
2: But, yes, but I feel like I definitely feel less stupid, if not wiser, you know, mm. now. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, all those hormones and all those – whatever it is that that's going on it doesn't it's not getting in the way anymore that's part of the pulling back of the curtain kind of thing and i still mm-hmm. feel sexy and i still feel lovable and and um i still feel uh, uh like a woman
4: mm-hmm. but i
2: feel more um i i don't know i just feel i don't know if i feel better it's weird I'd never expected it either. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm going through menopause. What's going to happen? Am my vagina's going to shrivel up? And I'm gonna, you know, like my nana, you know, and things like that." And I was like, "Oh my god!" And I'm just going to balloon. Well I, I am a kind of a curvy girl anyway. But you know, all that kind of stuff. And I, it, it, none of that happened. It was weird, but it was um, kind of like a a, a quickening. Yeah. You know, yeah. oh, and yeah. and then you know there can be only one. Continue. <laughs> you know, at the end, it's like oh, I have survived. You know, now I am, now I am my true self, kind of thing. You know, so it's it's actually yeah. has everybody gone finished now? Has everyone gone through it now? That's here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm I'm postmenopausal, yeah, but I'm still having symptoms. Yeah, I mean still having symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna end with um because I had a I had a terrible, terrible perimenopause. Mm -hmm. Um I had a couple of years where I basically just thought, why don't I just not leave the house? Because Mm -hmm. I'm I'm completely incapable of functioning like a human being because i'm either wrestling with fatigue or with anxiety or i'm having hot flash after hot flash after hot flash i'm sweating like a son of a bitch i stink i can't concentrate i'm losing words mm-hmm. in the middle of sentences you know i mean i i i, I felt like i could not function
4: mm-hmm.
0: and um and every moment was a struggle so I, I'm coming out of the worst of that now, which is such a freaking relief, but I'm still having quite a few symptoms and, um, well, okay. One little thing. And then I want to go through this list of the top 40 menopausal symptoms. So by top, they mean the most common, and I'd love to just hear a, you know, uh, uh, yay or nay from everyone to hear if they ever experienced that. Um, But the other thing that has been very sad about the menopausal journey for me is that um, sex has completely changed and um, I am now finding it very difficult to orgasm. I'm sorry. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Before, before this whole thing happened, you know, I was in my horny phase like the peri-peri-menopausal horny phase where, you know, I was just having the time of my life and I had spectacular orgasms. Mm. And, um, and post-menopausal, like, I don't masturbate anymore because usually it will come to nothing. Like mm. it's just frustrating and eventually painful and, I don't climax. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, sorry, It's like when you think you're going to sneeze and then you don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: No, it would yeah. be worse than that, but, <laughs> yeah. but a lot.
3: Yeah. I'm in there with you too, Sam. I, I feel, yeah, none of that. Just like, it, none of that. Yeah. I can't get it to, to work happen or I can't care at this moment. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I
2: went, I have something to cheer you up then with that, but okay. I did go through that. I did mm. go through that for probably really? six months or a year where okay. I didn't feel like having sex. And I didn't, um, when I did, sometimes I pretended, you know,
4: okay.
2: and, uh, yep. just, you know, so
0: whatever. Yeah. So we could finish and yeah, get into get get the ice cream. Yeah.
2: And, um, <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, but, I, and I did feel like, oh, I guess this maybe this is how it's going to be now. It's changed, and it kind of makes sense in a way because you're like, oh well, I don't not. I mean, surely all those urges are there so that we can procreate. So if we if we're not functioning in that way, maybe that's your body saying, too bad, you know, or whatever. But I once I kind of relaxed about it and just was well, like, I gave up essentially just like, oh, well, it's fuck it, you know, whatever. There's so many other things going on that I can't really focus on that right now. Anyway. Um, mm-hmm. it came back. Okay. So, so cool. yeah. So I feel, um, and I'm in a little bit of a different situation cause I, I have a partner, right?
4: Yeah. And,
2: and so it's, um, it's different because I've been without for long periods of time when I haven't been with someone. And I know that, that, that you f- your body feels differently or your urges kick in in different ways. Um, when there's not that sort of potential around all the time, you know? Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah.
2: So, yeah. Um, so it is, maybe it is, it, it's different, it was different for every person, but I really yeah. honestly sort of let go of it and thought, Oh, I'll okay, come, um, you know, maybe it'll be less often or whatever, you know, when I was okay with it, I kind of, I was okay. I was like, maybe I just have had all the sex that I've been ever allotted in my life. (laughs) I I blame that on the eighties, by the way. Um, (laughs) and, And the drugs, if we're going all the way back round to a circle there. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All that little time. But, you know, I'm like, well, maybe I've just, you know, I have had a lot of sex. So, you know, maybe it's not the end of the world. If it's okay, I'll, maybe I'll get into gardening or something.
0: <laughs>
2: I haven't. Um,
0: exactly. I'll but, take up
2: cross stitch. Exactly. Yep. You know, and, but it has come back.
1: Or you could take up okay. a bizzling.
2: Yes. So, yeah, I could do extra. They still have that. <laughs> and something else now but um but yeah but it does come back and I feel I feel like a lot of a lot of the menopause thing and a big part of why it's such a stupid thing that we don't talk about it all the time and it's not it's not um a, a embraced in in another poetic stage of a woman's um becoming you know mm, yeah. um it is that, that there's that, that we pile on all this stress on it too and wow. the stress is what triggers a lot of it It makes it so much worse. It's like it's it's like the equivalent I can get is that when you're having a baby, when you're giving birth, and you have you're having all these contractions, and it can be absolutely horrific and painful and horrifying. But if you can just find a way to let go, and and become uh, sort of give yourself up to what is actually happening what you know yeah. for millennia has been happening to women you know and this is the same thing if we can accept and embrace it this is another beautiful part of our lives
0: right
2: um then it we can lessen it become you know we can it becomes better it becomes sweeter
0: it becomes less traumatic
2: yes because that all boils yeah. on top and it makes it worse it mm-hmm. definitely i feel like i just when I was at the worst, I wasn't sleeping well, and I'm having all these bloody hot flashes, and and you know, argh, um, I felt like you know, it w- I would make myself worse by worrying about it, especially yeah. the sex thing. I mean, I yeah, and I did, I, and it wasn't. I don't think I could have had sex at certain point. I was, yeah. you know, a shriveled prune. If we're if really <laughs> maybe not a prune, but something dry, you know, and, <laughs> and yet, yeah, but they all came back. It absolutely 100% came back. And now I'm just as horny and just as, <laughs> as I have ever been. That's great to
1: hear.
0: So that is encouraging. Thank you.
1: It comes and goes, right. Like if you think about, if you want to go back to the drug metaphor, right. Um, when you're coming down from that drug, you can't do shit. Right, yeah. and you never okay. to do it your levels are yeah. depleted. Right, right. that's um, a lot. time. then your body yeah. finds its new normal. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then you get back to you know.
0: Yeah, and you reach equilibrium again, just in a different place. Yeah, yeah. just because
1: our bodies yeah. are changing. You're finding it. You're finding, you, you just have to figure out who you are again,
2: again, again. again it's a really again. bad it's hangover. Yeah, and then yeah. eventually, and you swear you'll never have another another drop of liquor will never touch your lips and then finally you mm-hmm. get out of that hangover and you're like oh
3: you've had your uh happy hour and <laughs> that's
2: right ready. it's it's happy hour
0: again where where is <laughs> the blender <You> know. <laughs> all, all right you. so you're not going crazy it's menopause a meme that uh that I seized on a couple of years ago and will periodically post on Facebook to remind women, you're not going crazy. It's menopause. (laughs) The top 40 most common perimenopausal symptoms. Number one is hot flashes. Wait. Yep. Yep. Had those. Yep. Yeah. A little bit. Yep. Number two is cold flashes. Mm, Only Mm. just before a hot flash. Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes after a hot flash, I'll get a cold flash.
1: Yeah,
0: I think I've had those,
1: but I'm not sure. My house is also not particularly well insulated, so. <laughs> I'm just I'm all. <coughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Nice.
0: Uh, number three is night sweats, which yeah, I think yeah. is essentially hot flashes at night, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Like morning, I have them like in the morning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I. Sometimes. have them.
0: Yeah, generally when I wake up within within a minute of waking up, mm-hmm. I'll have a hot flash.
1: Oh, yeah, no, it's the opposite for me. I'll have them at like four or five in the morning, like right at the end of my sleep. Ah, where like I will I have every temperature day. all night.
2: So it's sweatier when you're when it's at night. Maybe because you it's a, it's a slower buildup. Mm-hmm. yeah or you're sleeping through part of it and you don't know so your covers are right. on and then you get super hot so you' yeah. like, you know yeah yeah uh
0: number four clammy feeling no no i i i have periods where i sweat where i am within one moment to the next i am dry and then i'm Drenched in sweat. Oh well, yes, yeah, that's, yeah. That's yeah. I wonder if that's what they more mean by clammy feeling. Yeah, it's more yeah. me. Yeah, definitely. Number five, heart palpitations. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: well, I've actually had those for a long time. So
0: I don't know okay. if they were stress, but yeah. yeah, yeah. I I would have them um a lot in the evening. Always in the evening, I'd mm-hmm. have heart palpitations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number six, irritability. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Oh, what in they. the world is that about? Come on.
1: <laughs> I, I don't think I'm more, I mean, I'm kind of generally an irritable person. I don't think I got more irritable because of that. I definitely. Only
3: did. when people are ignoring the fact that I am fucking miserable and they can't even see what I'm going through. Yeah. Then yeah. okay. I get irritable.
0: Okay. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Definitely.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, number seven, mood swings.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so, not really. Okay. I mean, not mad, but you know, definitely. Yeah.
3: Just get off me because I'm hot. There you go. There you not go. My... But you
2: never broke down. You never just burst into tears for no particular reason. No. Oh, yeah. i, I Always a that.
3: damn reason in my life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have to say that there, there was, as far as I was concerned, always a reason for me to burst into tears.
0: Right, right. right.
2: Yeah. No, Number
0: eight. seem out of scale for me. Yeah. <laughs> Number eight, trouble sleeping. Yes. Nope. No. No. Mm, yes, for me too. Swinging back between insomnia and um, sleeping for like 10 or 11 hours a night. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No. Uh, number nine, irregular periods. Yeah. Not so much. Very briefly. I had. Um, And this was where my aunt was really helpful to me. Um, I had really bad periods, like heavy, heavy. I went through a period where I went through a period Mm. where my period got worse and worse, like heavier Mm. and And longer longer Mm
4: -hmm.
0: for about a year before it went back to normal and then started tapering off. So sometimes. having heavier periods is actually a sign that you are starting that you are in perimenopause yeah in that, yeah. a few years
2: yeah that yeah. definitely happened to me dawn i got much because i never had like really heavy periods and they were re- reasonably regular my whole life and then suddenly i started getting really heavy periods for, and they would last yeah. like a week instead of the three days that i was used to and yeah. you know and it got for about a year i probably before and then then they started to tapering off and then just stopped stopped so there wasn't a lot of tapering but there was a lot of heaviness
0: yeah 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 uh number 10 low sex drive yeah Yeah. definitely uh number 11 dry vagina oh yes yep Mm -hmm. it's like a desert down there
3: (laughs) if i ever tried it out i might find that.
2: (laughs) I, i have
1: been blessed to not have that happen to me yet I'm nice. hoping that that continues to not happen to me.
2: What well, right, happened to me when yeah. it came back?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Okay. So, fear not. Uh, fear not. <laughs> Number twelve, fatigue.
2: Yeah. Yes.
0: Oh God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Number thirteen, anxiety. Yeah. Yes. Healing yes. With no. PTSD. <laughs> right. I went through a huge like high school level anxiety for about six to eight months Mm. where I was Mm. just like, I was questioning whether or not my friends liked me or not. Oh no. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. Luckily I had enough like life maturity to Mm -hmm. be, to, to be able to talk myself down. Mm -hmm. But it really, it was like high school level social anxiety. It was terrible. Oh, oh. Number 14, depression.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm not sure. <laughs> not sure. Right. Kind
0: of like. Yeah. yeah, can you separate it out from yeah. Right. Um yeah, I'm on uh antidepressives for the first time in my life
2: now. Ah, t- oh, so they gave me antidepressants for to, to that was supposed to help with the um hot flashes. Mm-hmm. and um, I took them for maybe a week and I just felt really pissed and I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like are these depressants? wait
1: you're the one that said that you're on antidepressants now? yes Okay, yeah. that is the reason that you can't orgasm <gasps> really? right there, right really? now that is the yeah. reason get off those
2: little shitty things when
1: you're ready to get off of those you'll be able to orgasm again
0: yeah, just, oh, they will absolutely
1: you. keep you from orgasming.
0: Thank wow. you. Yep. That is so good to know because I've never been on them before, so I didn't yep. realize that that was a side effect. Did they have, did it's they... a
1: really, really bad side effect of them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Did they stop the hot flashes, Dawn, or or? They have they have cut them down about sixty okay. percent. So they're about forty percent of what they used to be. And, um, for right now I'll take that exchange, but yeah, when my hot flashes stop, hopefully I'll be able to get off the antidepressant. Mm -hmm. Although I will say that number 15 lack of focus. Hell yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. is also helped by the antidepressants. Mm
2: -hmm. What? You mean like if you're, you're more, you're less focused or you're more focused? No, I'm
0: more focused. Okay. Yeah. I was starting to get into, um, when I, when I go off the antidepressants for a couple of days, I start to get this sort of like, well, the anxiety comes back and I start to, um, like I have a list of things to do, but I don't know where to start. Oh right? yeah. You guess. And I'll just sort of walk around the house going, I've got, I've, what do, I, I've got to do something. What do I want to do? What, oh, what do I want to do? What do I want to start with? What do I want to do?
2: I and I will spend. Right. I think I have spend the been, whole day that way. Right. I you think know, I and... that a little bit, but I've been my whole life has been fairly unfocused. So <laughs> I think amongst all the other shit that was going on, I'm not sure that I really would have recognised if I was any less focused than I usually am. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 well, I because Say I, that
1: again? I think we're I'm I'm definitely like the being in the arts, which I think most or all of us are. Um, mm-hmm. There's a certain amount of payoff to being unfocused because because that's the way you get those creative flashes, right? Like right. part part of being pro, part of being part of procrastinating is leaving space for you to like get ready to work when the actual idea comes to you, as opposed to like trying to make an idea come to you.
2: Yes. Um, so but I definitely got less focused. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Definitely, like way less focused in the last few years. It's,
2: whoo,
0: yeah. yeah. I'm pretending it's, it's just, real.
1: Super creative.
0: There you go. Yeah. I like it. I like it. uh Number sixteen: poor concentration, which kind of yeah. goes hand Same in thing, hand yeah. with that. Yeah. Seventeen: faulty memory. Always it's been faulty. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's always been pretty bad.
2: It's a bit yeah. worse though. I think that's the one thing. Yeah. I can say. Definitely worse. I can't remember anybody's name. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I keep, yeah, inter- I keep right.
1: introducing myself to people, and they're like, "I know you," and I'm like, "Oh fuck." <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: definitely happening still.
0: Oh, number eighteen, incontinence. Not yet.
2: A little bit. Well,
0: when you're not, when you don't,
2: when you're not sitting on the toilet, which the, you're actually just having a pee. Like you, like you, piddle a little, little if you laugh too hard, or I had a little bit of that. But that,
0: again, that okay. one. Yeah, yeah, I haven't. You know, unbehoffen, toy, toy, toy. Yeah, I've for had me that, that one. When
1: I've like, yeah, like I have all sorts of. I don't know if it's just allergies or what it is, but I'm constantly having to cough, and if I have too much of a coughing fit, I greatly yep. excuse myself. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yep. Well, twenty six is allergies worsen, and oh my oh, god, yeah. yes, oh, yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. definitely, basically, definitely. Yeah, had that. basically I had like really, around.
2: I didn't even yeah. know that was part of it because yes, definitely, especially yep. in the last yep. couple of weeks, I've been like with the winds over here. Yes, yeah,
0: I yeah. Didn't Just know was a thing yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, number nineteen: itchy, crawly skin. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. I can't
3: even when like, I don't know in the summer though, I can't tolerate heat, which is why I left Los Angeles, but I, just having hot flashes, uh, exacerbates it, but it became this entire imbalance on my skin. And yeah. I just started itching mostly just around my neck and my décolleté, and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just incre- like these weird little raised bumps too. So that's probably mm-hmm. another Mm. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah that's just sort of a thing in our family we just have a dry kind of itchy skin so that's been a regular i don't think it's gotten worse for me
0: okay. but the creepy crawlies for sure oh yeah wow. yeah mm.
3: uh
0: 20 achy joints and muscles sometimes yeah not too bad though mine got better i had achy joints for all my life in
3: the estrogen field mm. and now that i'm out in the not estrogen field they're actually better Oh, that's great. I'm yeah, totally picturing great.
1: outer space now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Out-
1: in estrogen belt. <laughs> <in outer> <laughs> I love it. Uh, number 20.
0: 20- yes, yes. We're leaving the estrogen belt now. Mm-hmm. Number 21, tense muscles.
2: No, I don't think so.
1: I, I think I know what they mean. I mean, like, you just, people just tend to tighten up and, more than they used to when they were younger. Mm. But I think that happens to everybody. I don't think that's just women.
0: Yeah, mm. that might be an aging thing. Mm. Uh, number 22, sore breasts.
2: Yes. No, mm. not like tremendously. Not like mm. when you're filling up with milk or something like that, but yeah, te- a ten I would say tender. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, a bit tender.
0: There you go. Number 23, headaches. Yes i have started getting um ocular migraines which oh, i have wow. never had in my life
2: Food sounds
0: terrible and and now i get them like once a month it, it's mm. oh, it blows my mind that is not cool. number 24 digestive issues yes
2: i think so yeah well, yeah, yeah i did and no i didn't realize that that Okay, yeah, because I have I had to start. I would start taking Prilosec or whatever that stuff is—the generic mm-hmm. version that they give you. I had a horrible acid reflux. Mm-hmm. I had, to have, and this will happen. You know, when you get your oh, I'm you're 50 now, you get to have a colonoscopy. How fantastic! <laughs> you are happy birthday, my doctor said to me. I'm um, like, oh, thanks. And then because I was having so many digestive issues um, with acid reflux and everything. Um, um, and I had had um, a, a neck operation. I had a couple of, I had a fall and I had um, my neck fused. And um, uh, anyway, we thought it was all kind of maybe all connected because I kept having all these issues. So they gave me an endoscopy and a colonoscopy at the same time. So they speared oh, me from the end. <laughs> <laughs> I was like on a, you know, oh, like these tokens in Costco kind of thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although I was unconscious, so I don't know. But that's or how I imagine it happened. And um and so I ended up like I had an ulcer, I had all these little polyps in my stomach and I had um um really bad um acid reflux and all that kind of stuff and I was like oh my god I'm I'm gonna all that food I ate and I loved it's gonna kill me in the end and all this kind of stuff and then yeah. I had to go back because I had some other some other stuff in my other end and uh, removed um and so they had to go back and do it again six months later oh joy wow and uh and I was um uh, and I was fine so I think, and, and, um, like my, I didn't have, I don't have a, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, um, in my stomach an ulcer anymore. And my, you know, things have calmed down basically, oh. and it had been a building up. So I've, now I look back on it and I'm like, well, maybe that's what, what was going on then. Maybe it was all part of my menopause was causing all these issues.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe.
2: Cause maybe I definitely so. had some, pro- some problems and now I'm fine. Great. Yeah some of these i just like because i've also had
1: those too and maybe but like i don't know i wonder what the role of estrogen is in
2: that it has a big role doesn't it doesn't it play a big role in general i
0: don't know we'd have to ask a
2: scientist about that well and it's so
1: hard when you're going again when you're going into a doctor anything that's not like a straightforward thing where you just go, um, you know, I have pain when I stab myself in the arm, and they go, don't stab yourself in the arm. You're like, great. You're like, oh, or they're like, done. i done nothing to keep you from stabbing yourself in your arm. You know, like, but if you go in with a, with a, like <laughs> symptoms that don't go together, obviously, because I, I've yeah. noticed that my digestive symptoms go with my skin symptoms, and, and sure. doctors, they can't handle that. It's due. <laughs> they're just like, Isn't okay. A, you you know, well, here's, here's the pattern. This happens, then this happens, then this happens in this predictable order, and then my skin starts to itch. And if the I scratch it has got to be scratch it. Resets if I scratch it, it the the system, the the like progression starts again, worse.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that there's a, there's a likeliness that it's like when you go to the auto mechanic and you go, okay, so when I push the brake down, it goes whoosh just a little bit. Right. And then it smells like metal. And then I have to pull off the side of the road and then my brakes fail.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) And they go, oh, but you're a woman. So
1: I can't listen to you saying
2: this right now. (laughs) (laughs) You're just doing it more.
1: Oh my God. (laughs) You're such a leaky vessel. You're even leaking oil. Just stop.
3: (laughs) Um, right right I mean, no, so for me and and this it, as far as the digestion i noticed uh-huh. when i took antibiotics six years ago my whole system blew uh-huh. had a humongous mm. rash and all that stuff but that came back um and it's it's attached to flora i think and i think that's why got, got doctors don't get it is because yeah, right. it, that balance is so delicate and we yeah. just screw
0: it with all our food
3: yeah yeah, yeah. I say just,
0: yeah, it's
3: partially that.
0: <laughs> number 25 is bloating, so related to the digestive issues. Well, yes. Oh, so tootie, so tootie. I am like a choo-choo train. Yeah. I just toot all the time. Well, the dogs must
2: appreciate
0: it, though. Oh, they love it. <laughs> they love it. <laughs> uh, so number 26, we mentioned already, allergies worsen. Mm. 27, weight gain. Yeah. Hello! Oh, oh God! Oh my God! Twenty pounds in a year oh, without changing so anything bad. else. Mm. So bad. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, exercised more mm. and mm. still gained weight. Just like, food. Boom. Yeah. It's just yeah. food. That's all it
2: is. Just food. And we just, you know, I don't know why that. That's that's the sad part. I think about it. Is well, that, right,
1: you just have to start eating so like my my mother eats so little yeah wow. and i'm like but i yeah. love food i don't I know. Really have one bite of that thing
2: yeah um, and- i can't have one bite of anything like i can't have like ice cream if we have ice cream in the house it has to be something that i don't like yeah, and even, right. then, even then if i get really desperate i will eat it anyway you know yeah. But- oh yeah i have no well, control you can't have anything
0: part of what helped me get over the digestive issues was to decrease the amount of carbs and increase the amount of fat in my diet.
4: Mm.
0: Because the problem was I wasn't giving myself enough grease to get things through. Mm. And so they were stopping up and then I was tooting all the time and bloating and just feeling awful. Things are all stuck up in there. Yeah. So, yeah. So who knows if then, you know, the weight gain was related to the fact that I, I have to have more fat in my diet now mm. or else I have other symptoms that are very uncomfortable. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. My I'm going to say that's why I eating. need to eat more ice cream now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, Carrie, uh, you said something.
3: It was uh, just that the hot flashes for me are directly related to carbs, any empty calorie carbs, sugar, alcohol, um, all of that stuff too—not just caffeine and stress, but it's just you know, I just had three crackers with no cheese on them, hot flash,
0: boom. Yeah. So
3: for me, it's it's anything that makes my metabolism move.
0: Yeah,
3: but yeah. that might it doesn't have anything to do with my digestion any,
2: So any stuff. basically anything that makes life worthwhile.
0: Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So twenty-eight hair loss or thinning. No. Well, it thins on
2: top and it sprouts from somewhere else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Number 29, 29. Really more that's facial
2: that's more hair. More, yeah. we have more facial
1: Well, what about, wait. So they talk about hair loss and hair thinning. What about like change in texture of hair? Because like my hair was really curly when I was a little kid. Uh huh. And then it was straighter as I was growing up. And now it's gotten really curly again.
3: Huh. I've heard of that. Interesting. Don't know. Yeah. And I've that actually them.
1: happened. That happened when I had when I was pregnant. So I thought, oh, it must have been like pregnancy hormones. And then when I go through, then when I go through menopause, maybe my hair mm-hmm. will get straight again. I hope not, because I much prefer it curlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't. It's stayed about the same.
2: Huh? Who knows? Kind hmm. of thinned though. My hair is thin. It's not like falling out thinning, but it's I have less volume. Yeah. Yeah. I assume that was an aging thing though, honestly. But that men- menopause is an aging thing, so it's all connected.
0: Right. Yeah. So 30 and 31 are dizziness and vertigo. Yes.
2: A lot. Ooh. I'm prone to that because I had like a labyrinthitis thing, you know, like an inner ear yeah. thing. So when I get like a sinus infection or I start getting sick, you know, or something is happening to me, I start getting a little dizzy. But I noticed that happens a lot more often um, over the last three or four years. And I just carry like... Benad- not Benadryl, that's the travel sickness pills with me. Uh, Gemini. Gemini, yeah. Yeah. Gemini. So, I mean, I can't watch like first person video games for more than a second
4: mm. or
2: quite a few movies yeah. you know, that are just too, you know, moving around all over the place. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, there you go.
0: Thanks. Yeah, for the- I haven't for had
1: that, that but um, that. yeah, my, my mother that. had vertigo. Uh, she had we
0: go 32 changed body odor yes yep well i'm eating differently
3: as well so that might have to do with it as well
1: i don't think mine has changed but i think it's it's gotten stronger but then i'm not sure if, because it may just be because of the pandemic and we're sitting at home smelling ourselves <laughs> <We> don't <laughs> don't Yeah,
3: it's, it's miserable <laughs> it's fucking the worst part It's just like i gotta shower three times a day now because i'm just like i can't stand myself is you it, it, is your, it, it looks your it. but
1: that you would cha- that your odor would change though because their pheromones are going to change when you're not yeah. anymore
2: your whole body or just your bits and pieces just my pits just your okay
3: yeah
2: i don't know i think i've i've used a lot of different i've tried trying to find different types of deodorant and I'm everything about has to be super like natural and not any chemicals in it at all because it doesn't yeah, mean anyway so yeah. I've become much more you know and I think I'm easier on myself when it comes to smelling because you know when you're I don't know have you guys are like this but uh, maybe it, it's a, a that's sort of the era that we we're everything you know in the 80s and everything was body sprays and Mm. scented everything and you couldn't possibly smell like a human you had to smell like pe- something else
3: the like, perfume counter yes yeah. i've always liked mean, the you smell know,
2: yeah everything was sm- everything everything had its own odor and now you know you can really you can really find a lot of great stuff that doesn't have any scent
4: yeah but
2: what but act- yeah. actually does what it's supposed to do like clean you or Stop you from ponging too bad in your armpits or whatever. Yeah. I'm accepting my own sort of essence. And yeah, I
1: have I, always like I, I. Unless the sweat is stale and has been sitting on a person for a long time, I, I kind of yeah.
0: like. The way and, yeah, know, because we're animals
1: that smell like animals. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your own musk. Yeah. yeah. Um, very French. So very, French, very French indeed. thirty-three. Electric shock feelings. Nope. No. Me neither. Luckily. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thirty-four tingling extremities. I got ten other excuses for that. Just structurally. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) I I, I still sit on my feet like a little kid, so I, you know, make my foot fall asleep sometimes. But yeah, yeah.
0: Thirty-five bleeding gums. No,
1: little bit sometimes. Yeah. No, I haven't had that. Not 36. on their own, but sometimes if I'm brushing.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. It's more. You're more likely to bleed. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Thirty-six burning tongue or roof of mouth. No, but no. I heard somebody else who said, "Oh my God, that happened to her." <gasps> yeah. Awful. Yeah. That sounds bad. Thirty-seven related. Thirty-seven chronic bad breath.
2: No. No, no. We'll as see. far as I
0: know. I'm
3: just
2: no, lucky. I, just no. checked. I just checked. I'm okay. Every time we go out of the
1: house in a mask, right?
3: A mask, no kidding. Yeah, you have a plume <laughs> in there. Yeah, we're really aware. You
2: could tell. You oh, could tell in the mask. The, yeah, instead of those little, you know, those inserts that we have to put in some of the that we should get those pine things that you find you hang it <laughs> <about>. exactly.
1: <laughs> no, make it something like I don't know. Better than that. Something yeah
3: those like strips that you can put on your tongue put those in the mask and see if it can filter i spray mine with um with essential oil and water mix just to make Ooh. sure that there's a rosemary oil or something that is antibacterial nice, nice. nice. I, was just, I just
2: had a flash of the use for my tampons in under my sink <laughs> <laughs> So I was imagining yeah. sanitary pads on in there instead, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, I don't have any of those because I don't have any of those. You those with those. your nose." Cool, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh you can put them up your nose. That's right.
1: Yeah.
2: There you go. Thirty-eight osteoporosis. Probably. No, I've got really good bones because I've had so many MRIs lately. Good. Yeah. Good. I'm okay with that. But I, how would you know unless you'd actually had an MRI?
1: Well, because you start shrinking. Oh yeah. or you break your
2: bones easily yeah well unless you actually break fall yeah. down and break your hip and you wouldn't know
0: okay there you go 39 weakened fingernails so your yeah. fingernails get really soft yes the mm-hmm. yeah. same
2: yes that happened but my but it's again come back oh so right. during definitely brittle oh. splitting but now my for some reason i just noticed that the other day i was like oh i have to My nails are in really good shape, so,
0: yeah, and I'm not doing anything.
4: Nice.
2: Nice.
0: All right, number 40, ringing in your ears, tinnitus. No.
3: Not so much, no. A little bit,
2: but I didn't know that that was a symptom of menopause. I thought it was just me shouting at the television. And will will the
1: tonighters go away on January twentieth, nineteen 20, twenty?
0: Right, right. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Is it just your ex- existential dread? Yeah,
4: that's it. Yes. <laughs>
0: Oh, so there are others um, on other lists. Rashes shows up. Um, increase in libido, decrease in libido, low motivation. Oh, um, definitely um, low motivation. motivation. <laughs> yeah. Cramps, brittle nails, headaches, slower metabolism, all of that sort of thing. Fatigue, anxiety, mood swings. Yep, yep. So yeah, so those are some of the things that if you are having these symptoms and you don't know, and you're, you know, of the a of a certain age, and you don't know uh, what they might be coming from, they might be related, they might be symptoms of perimenopause. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not just your period stops, which, you know, was yes. kind of what I thought.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's the gift that keeps on giving.
0: absolutely
2: it's a smorgasbord a smorgasbord
0: of exactly exactly of new life experiences we won't use the word symptoms we'll call them new life experiences there
3: you go and I I feel like we do have an advantage in our systems and our bodies taking up so much of our attention Hmm. for many uh, ups and downs in our lives because our paying attention is definitely an advantage. Mm-hmm. It's it's the way that we heal is to know that there's something besides just it hurts, fix it. Like women pay attention and we know how the engine sounds just before the carburetor goes out too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what we're feeling like and we have to bring it to the attention of the people
0: because yeah. they don't otherwise pay any attention. Yeah, and they're not inside our bodies, so they don't know. Yeah. They yeah, they don't know unless we tell them. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um wonderful wonderful people for being on the podcast. Anybody have any last thoughts that they really want to share and we didn't touch on? I I do.
3: I have something from my physician who said it was uh something that I was going through was pretty normal. Um, it was basically these little skin tags that started growing on my skin,
4: mm,
3: okay. uh, it, yeah, just on my neck again, where the creepy crawlies were, Uh huh. but it was like these little nubbles all over my skin. And I, it was like a ping pong paddle surface mm. on my neck. All of a sudden it was like, what is that? And she says, well, some people's blood sugar levels go wonky and at, they should be paying attention to their uh, blood sugar numbers. So mm-hmm. if that's happening to anybody, I just recommend, just checking out your ordinary blood work at your doctor and making sure that, that you're um, not pre-diabetic in some way because mm-hmm. of that. symptom. Good to know.
2: Interesting.
3: Sure
0: Good to know. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah.
2: Well, I would like yeah. to say, I would like to say that it's lovely to talk to all of you about something that we should all talk about more. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's such a healing thing just like that lady in the Apple store yeah. <laughs> that, that, you know, um, and I have two friends who are almost exact my two best friends are almost exactly the same age as me. And they, I went through mine before they're going through it now and I'm out side outside. So I'm able to say to them, it's, you'll be fine. Look, you know, it, I'm, you'll be happy not to have, you know, all this stuff and it'll stop. And you, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I'm able to support them um, a little bit, but you, you, whatever happens on a daily basis for all of us, um, you, you no one's going to call their friend, you know, when t- one thing happens, you know, it's always like an accumulation of stuff. And then you're like, Oh my God, I'm going to die, you know, and you have to call someone. Yeah. But it's so important to be able to have someone that you can talk to. Yes.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: You know, and,
0: and, you know, if you see, someone having a hot flash in a public place Mm -hmm. feel free to commiserate with them because (laughs) they will they will be grateful for it yeah yeah
2: have an extra bottle of water in your bag yeah we can be be like menopausal superheroes
0: (laughs) (laughs) of hot flashing all over the world yeah yeah indeed indeed Thank you so much. Thank you. And, um, and yeah, yeah. Thank Thanks for sharing your experiences. And this was great fun. And uh, as Sam said, very healing.
1: Yeah. Very yeah. Healing. So Everybody needs to go out and find their tribe that they can talk to about these things.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's so important. Mm-hmm. It is so important to have community and uh, to have people that you can talk to about, you know, the, the, shameful things quote-unquote yes. that maybe, aren't maybe, shameful at all they are
2: why around this time of our lives women sort of historically have formed knitting groups or quilting co- corners or whatever <laughs> so that they can all, <laughs> <We> can
0: all <laughs> get
3: it finally yeah
2: <laughs>
0: so we can all commiserate yeah, yep. so that you
2: yeah. Can, we can actually and instead of what this should be called which is really menopausal support groups you know Um, Yeah, yeah, we are all going through the same thing at the same time. And it's, yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't want to like restart the whole conversation here, but I I think like this is a much bigger problem than, than, than just needing these groups. When we hit menopause, women are not supported to really support each other throughout our lives. And that's a, that's a lifelong problem for us.
0: Yeah. Amen. Amen. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
3: We're doing it here right now, though. Yay! Yay. Part of
0: yeah, part of what uh, the podcast is titled "Make Matriarchy Great Again." That that in a patriarchal society, we don't as women, we are not encouraged to to share our common experiences and to draw strength from one another. No, we're pit- against each other yeah exactly because that would be a threat to the patriarchal system oh, if we start talking to each other and sympathizing with one another and and backing each other up and having each other's backs mm-hmm. then we become a threat so go out there and be a threat
4: absolutely yeah.
0: i love being threatening to men yes. absolutely
4: <laughs> amen
0: all right ladies thank you so much okay,